Happy Monday, everyone. You are listening to another episode of 30 Flirty and Surviving. I am Tracy. New episodes come out every Monday at 9 a.m. on Apple, iHeart, Spotify, and some clips on YouTube. So make sure you go check those out. You subscribe if you haven't already. Rate, review, comment. All of the things is much appreciated. My guests this week are former Patriots cheerleaders that have recently formed their own company called The Prep Talk, which we are going to talk all about. They are lovely ladies. <laughs> they have so much energy, so much fun, and the business is really all about helping other women being able to put our best foot forward, both professionally and personally. So it is something that all of us need, whether it is just general life advice, going for that next job. So this is definitely one you're going to want to listen to and, and stick around for. And I am not going to ramble. I'm going to introduce them here with me. I have Alicia and Nicolette. Hi. Hello. Ladies. Thank you for having us. Yes. How are you feeling? Good. So excited. Good. Yeah. I'm so excited to have you here. I feel like I've known you forever already. <laughs> uh, so that's always a good sign yes. when I start the show Absolutely. off like that and I haven't met somebody and it feels like I have. I know it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so before we get into the nitty gritty, I always like to do a couple fun questions first just to kind of get to know you, mm-hmm. the people at home. So Alicia, we'll go with you first. How old are you? I am 30. Recently turned 30. I love it and you feel good right I feel good yeah it's just getting started yes exactly 30s is the new 20s as Nicolette says so absolutely and you are not quite 30 so that's a good attitude to have right (laughs) looking forward to it though how old are you 27 just turned 27 okay awesome and where were you born and raised born and raised East Bridgewater South Shore perfect local what about you I was born and raised in Medford, Mass. Okay, yeah. perfect. So mm-hmm. you guys are, you're, you're from here, are yeah. re- relatively awesome. We are, yeah. And zodiac signs. So if, if Alicia, you just turned 30, mm-hmm. then is that, are you a Virgo? You got it, a Virgo. Yes. Yep. And I always get thrown off because I'm August 8th and I'm a Leo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the cutoff is right somewhere in between there. Yeah. So I'm always like, oh, Alicia's a Leo. She's totally not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Virgo. Yeah. Through and through. <laughs> that is so funny. Well, you guys are, are pretty close. Mm-hmm. Only a month yeah. or so apart. Yeah. Yep. A little less, yeah. right? Yeah. That is fun. And maybe there's a little bit of, of cusping in there, too. So you probably do have some similarities sure. that you yeah. don't even realize. <laughs> do. And what are your relationship statuses? So I'm married. I've been married for over a year now. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank How you. long were you together before you got married? We were together seven years before we got married. Oh, it took my a long gosh. time to propose, so... <laughs> We won't. We won't get listen, into that. Listen, he, he. Listen, it's it's. He, you do have the ring. You yes. have the last name, so yep, I won't yep. give him a hard time. But <laughs> maybe down the road. Yeah. And what about you? Boyfriend going. Boyfriend on four years, which is wild. Perfect. So, how did you guys originally meet? Well. Alicia and I had the same mentor when we were auditioning for Patriots Cheerleading. So for both of us, it was our third try auditioning. And we had this awesome coach and we went to go work with her on the same day. And she was like, I think you two would really get along. Mm -hmm. And of course, I was totally up to it. So we worked together with her that day and I left. I was like, oh my gosh, we just totally hit it off. And as we went through the audition process, I was like, oh my gosh, we're two peas in a pod and it made it easier I was like she's not gonna take my spot I'm not gonna take her spot she's blonde I'm brunette don't have to worry yeah no competition (laughs) yeah (laughs) isn't that so special when you meet somebody and they just have that instant like wait a second I have somebody for you and it's not as a friend you know they just they just know you guys were gonna click that's really cool it's harder and I mean we met I was in my middle to late 20s and you were you know yeah early Mm -hmm. 20s and I feel like especially when you're coming out of college it's a little more challenging to meet friends so to have the Patriots community but also for someone to say hey I think you'd be a great match for you know this person we hit it off I mean Nicolette was in my wedding we've done yeah we've done more together in the past few years of knowing each other than I have with a lot of my friends, just, you know, being with the Patriots and traveling and so forth. So, yeah. So how long ago was that now? 
2018. Okay. Right? Yeah, because we were on the team 2018. That probably would have been when we were auditioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I was in grad school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And here you are today. I know. I know. Love to see it. (laughs) Love to see it. So I very, very briefly just gave a quick little teaser in terms of the prep talk. But I would love for one of you or both of you to just give the people at home, if they haven't heard of it before, your one liner on how you would describe what the company is. Sure. Um, So we say the Prep Talk is a personal branding and development company to bring the best you to life, whether it's on paper or an interview. And right now, we really do work with a lot of aspiring pro cheerleaders, but the work that we do can also go hand in hand with someone just applying for a regular corporate job Mm -hmm. and so forth. So, yeah. That is extremely incredible yeah, and a lot of fun and who better to start something like this than someone who's been <laughs> in the shoes before so you guys really are the experts in the space and you have the resume to prove it so I would want to learn from you I can see why anyone would want to learn from you and when did it originally get started we started a little over a year ago okay. we formally became a business this year Uh, Alicia and I just kind of started because we were passionate about it. We wanted to connect with people in this community. And then it grew into something so big during this past NFL season that we were like, oh, my gosh, okay, this is going to be a real business for us. This is a real job. So we started to take it really seriously this past yeah. NFL season, which That's has been wonderful. so exciting. That is, isn't it so funny how all of a sudden that success can kind of just happen overnight? You know, you work at it, you work yep. at it, and then one day everything changes. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see your hard work come into fruition. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Taking it back a step, you know, obviously you were cheerleaders, but tell us a little bit of your background because there is, there has to be something in between just being a cheerleader to Mm -hmm. actually starting a company. So um, were you guys in school? What were you doing for work? Paint a little context for everybody. Um, I'll start. So I went to Simmons College, which is a small all-girls school near Fenway Park, and I graduated there with my doctorate degree. And so I work full-time as a physical... Smarty (laughs) pants! Those green pants are smart over there. (laughs) Uh, So now I work full-time as a physical therapist. So I work in the sports medicine field. And um, while I was working, I just... I was helping so many people achieve their goals, whether it's returning, you know, after an injury to get back onto the field or whatnot. And I wanted to do something for myself. So... A lot of people don't know this if you're not a professional or aspiring professional cheerleader or dancer, but there's a lot that goes into becoming a Patriots cheerleader. It's not just you show up and you dance. You have to you have a resume that you have to submit. There's multiple interview rounds that you have to go through. It's a very intense job. I mean, you are representing this internationally well-known organization and so they take that very seriously so I wanted to do something to work on my public speaking to work on my health and fitness and just work on myself and being on the team it really helped develop those skills of communicating with people and fans and kind of just push me outside of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. and People don't realize that those are skills. That so you can important that. to mention because I think that there is a stereotype out there mm-hmm. that you're all just a pretty face and that's totally. it. And not only is there so much more to you as an individual, but there's also so much more to the position itself as well than mm-hmm. just being on the sidelines and shaking some pom poms, right? Absolutely. You know. So I'm glad that you pointed that out. And also, I used to cheerlead in high school, and I was not the best at it. I will admit, <laughs> but I will say it is 1,000 percent a freaking sport, and people <laughs> need to quit it with that. <laughs> it is hard work. It's exhausting. It it's tiring, and that. That is such an outdated narrative, and we need to get rid of it. Yes, it is. It is. There's such a stigma. I mean, there is. I grew up doing all-star cheerleading, and so did Alicia. Mm-hmm. And 
it was so intense for me growing up that I decided in college, I don't want to do this competitively yeah. anymore. I'm going to shift gears. And I went to school in Rhode Island and I eventually went on to compete and win Miss Rhode Island to go to Miss America. So I had a oh lot of, yes. I had a lot of experience with brand representation and being able to carry myself and just connect with people out in the public that came from all different walks of life. And I had that cheerleading background. So once I finished my time as Miss Rhode Island, I was getting my master's degree. I auditioned for the third try. Neither of us made it on our first try. We really had to chase after wow. that dream. And I used all of the skills from all-star cheerleading growing up to all of my experiences getting ready for Miss America. And it was that third try auditioning for the Patriots that I finally made it. But when I was on the team and auditioning for the team. I was getting my master's degree. So now I'm a special education school counselor. But at the time, there were so many of us that were graduate students and mm -hmm. had full-time jobs. And it's it's been very empowering and enlightening for Alicia and I to have you know any kind of platform that we have and share our stories. I mean, look at this girl. She's I a doctor. Know. Are you kidding me? Come on. Well, guys. both of you have a lot to be proud of, but it is really nice to be able to come into a place like this and a show that is, you know, for public consumption and be able to start changing things around a little bit and changing people's mindsets. Beauty and brains don't need to be mutually exclusive, you oh, know, 100%. and also the ideas of, oh, if they're pretty, they're mean. Look at you girls, gorgeous. You guys, there was no competition. You guys started <laughs> that friendship right away. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. So it, it really is r nice and I think comforting to hear these types of stories for people at home because I know that it's not always the case for everyone, but there's a lot of people where this hasn't even touched the world, but it's just the assumption they've made because of what they've heard, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I'm very happy to hear that. Yes. Very, very happy to hear that. So you ended up trying out at the same time, but mm -hmm. also didn't make it right away. Yep. So you you said third time for you? Third time was the charm for both of us. For both of you guys. Yeah. Okay, yep. wow. Yeah. My mistake was, like I said, people don't realize how important it is, like how this as an actual job, right? And so mm -hmm. I just, if you go to a job, you research that job and about the organization and what to expect and what to wear and whatever it may be. I just didn't do that. So I showed up my first audition and <laughs> I understand why I didn't make the team. I'll just put it that way. So yeah. Okay, so with all of these things that go along with the role of just a cheerleader, there's so much more you mm -hmm. guys have sort of alluded to. What has been either your favorite part of it, of the experience as a whole, or the biggest thing that you've learned? from your time on the team? Oh, there are so many takeaways yeah. from it. I think it's really impactful when you put this uniform on and then all of a sudden you have the ability to connect with all these people in the community. I mean, there are so many events and we were actually just talking about it on an Instagram Live last night where you get to do these events out in the community and they're so impactful and you have such a great experience giving back that you ask to go back to those events year after mm. year and then the people that are hosting these events will ask to have you back too and as much as you're there and you're like wow that was just such a great feeling to give back and be in that position you just left such a huge mark on all these people I mean it always blew my mind the events that you would go to and people are just their jaws are on the floor and they're like I can't believe I just met a Patriots cheerleader and you are everything I thought you would be. I mean, just to be able to give that experience to people is, it's incredible. Mm, that's yeah. really sweet. Yeah, my sister's like, I don't see it. Like, you're just you. Like, why are these people so excited? <laughs> yeah. Which is true. And you have to like take a step back. And when you're in this uniform, you're like essentially superwoman to some people. Yeah. But I would have said that, so I'm not going to. A skill <laughs> that I learned, and it was definitely from being a part of the organization and from our coach, was just time management. We all worked full-time jobs, yeah. and we had certain appearances throughout the year that we had to um, maintain. So we had to do about like 40, 20, 20 appearances or something mm -hmm. wow. um, throughout our time on the team, plus games. And we had a, you know, it's New England Patriots, so we had to cover the New England area. So there was days where... At lunch break at my PT job, I'm in sweats and a t-shirt with my hair up. I'd be curling my hair, doing my makeup, put my fake eyelashes on, treat two <laughs> more patients, get in my car and go to Maine for to you know stand yeah. on a um, a lobster float. float. <laughs> yeah. 
So it's just yeah. those time management skills that I learned. And literally now I just feel like I can conquer my days because I know how to exactly pack my day and how to do what to. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So obviously you felt like you had this newfound wealth of knowledge, but what was it that really inspired you both to say, hey, we should really create something out of this? And because, you know, it might just be nice for a lot of people to be like, you know, I've gotten a lot more of the, out of that than I thought I would, but there's a whole extra level to kind of make that switch to say, I want to do this and, and help other people now too. Yeah, I think for me, it was a way to stay within the community. It's the Patriots and being a, a Patriot cheerleader will always hold a special place in my heart. And you can do four years on the team. I chose to do two just because I you know, was getting married and had other life things and obligations. But it was a way to stay in that community and have that, you know, help others. Yeah. So there's a lot of aspiring professional cheerleaders that look up to us that we get to help. And it's really cool to have that opportunity to do it with Nicolette and meet those people. And like my dad always says, you have lemons, you make lemonade. Like you have, you were a Patriot cheerleader. People have asked you for advice. So not, why not, you know, build a company yeah. around that as well? Yeah. And we've had the ability to watch preliminary auditions because as being a veteran cheerleader, when you go back to audition, you don't have to do the first round. Mm-hmm. So Alicia and I were lucky enough that second year as veteran cheerleaders, and even the third year, I believe, we were able to go back and watch the preliminary round of auditions. And year after year, we would watch men and women who were the best dancers in the room get cut because they didn't have the appropriate buzzwords and language on their resume and their cover letter and their photos didn't best represent them as an individual. So just from watching that alone, we realized it's not just enough to be able to walk the walk. You have to be able to talk the talk and market yourself in every sense. And as much as this is about pro cheer and dance for us, we help people in the professional world as well because right. it's it's the exact same approach when you're going for a job within your career field. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, maybe they've they've cheered before, but as you guys have been very clear about, no pun intended, but it's a whole other ball game. You know what yeah. I mean? It's completely it different. And so they might think that they've come in fully prepared mm-hmm. and quickly learn they're they're very very wrong but I would love to learn a little bit too about how the transition from working with mainly just cheerleaders or athletes into any really sector or um, you know professionals just for life coaching when did you make that decision how far into the business were you we felt like the skills that we were and you can jump in if you think I'm wrong but <laughs> we we felt like the skills that we have are teaching to make a professional team uh, like Nicolette said are the same skills that would you would utilize for any type of job interview exactly. mm-hmm. and so yeah. actually we had a client who was um, auditioning for the Broncos and she didn't make it but she was also trying to get a nursing job and she's like okay well can I work with you guys to help me with my interview yeah. for this nursing po- position and she got it so yeah it's just giving that that's someone confidence and a couple extra tips and and help and skills to, you know, achieve that interview or get that job. Yeah. Okay. So give me a little inside scoop. So you said you've helped nurses. Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. other types of industries have your clients been in that you've helped with? Education. And we've helped a lot of women fresh out of college. We donated our time to a woman's scholarship organization and the recipients of the scholarship, we help them prepare their resume and their interview skills just because we really feel like everything we do just directly translates over. Mm -hmm. And it's been really great to see our process work in the professional yeah. world. That's neat. such a good idea. We even helped someone get um, for an interview for a sorority. Yes. Which I never did. I didn't even know it was a sorority. Yes. Thing. It was, I so was never fun. in a sorority. Yeah, me neither. neither so. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I didn't realize was as intense as it is, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a grueling gosh. process. <laughs> Seriously, that is yeah absolutely wild yeah but it makes a lot of sense I think a lot of times too coming out of college most graduates at least I did I 
took that summer to just enjoy. Before I had to get into the real real world, I just wanted to relax for a couple more months. But that is such a good time to then do something like this. Say you're going to start applying for Mm -hmm. your first job, you know, depending on what your career path is going to be. But say you're going to start applying in the fall and you want to enjoy your summer you don't have to completely take a break. You can you can sure. do something like the prep talk and you're still honing and fine-tuning your skills so when the time comes, yeah. you're really, really ready. For sure. And a lot of schools, they do have programs where they can help you build your resume and so forth. But, I mean, you're having one-on-one access with us. I mean, we nitpick everything. We help you find the right descriptions to put in your resume. People will say to us, like, well, my mom helped me. And I'm like, well, sweetie, what your mom learned in the 70s and 80s yeah, is completely it ain't different. working now. Yeah, <laughs> with what your resume needs now. So it is nice to have a fresh pair of eyes on it and just even yeah. people that aren't in that field to really give their perspective on. Yeah, just someone who doesn't know you, too. Because mom, yeah. we love you, mom. But yes. she's always going to say your resume looks it fantastic. Because yeah. yeah. she's so proud of her little girl, yeah. as she yeah. should be. Right. But there, things have changed. There's some, some things she doesn't know. So I don't want to be redundant. You can tell me if you feel like you've already answered it. But since you guys describe the prep talk as you use personal development and branding. Mm-hmm. How would you describe those those terms? Is it yeah. do you feel like we've already said it or do you I want to give you the chance to be able to define it yourselves? I feel like it's so vague. If you said to me five years ago that I was gonna have a personal branding and development company, I would have been like, What? Who? <laughs> but basically to kind of lay that out, we teach people how to market themselves verbally and non-verbally. So that goes as far as resume down to Alicia looks great in green, green's her color. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's more than just how you present yourself on paperwork in, in, in an mm-hmm. interview. It's how you carry yourself. Yeah. Okay, I love that. So I, I from watching some of your videos and your, your social media, and I've poked around your website too, I mean, you give even advice on nutrition and diet plans or, or working out, not like intense. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. like you're <laughs> telling people to like go on a diet, but I just mean like, here's like a healthy recipe type of thing. Or you've like shown like a quick, nice workout. Yes. If you have a busy schedule, how to squeeze something in like that. Nail color, your you've shown me how to blow your hair out fantastically. <laughs> There's literally, you name it, you guys yeah. can help with it. But talk about the services. So say I just signed up. Mm-hmm. I want to work with you guys. Yeah. What are my options in terms of services? Sure. Well, first start with a free consult, consult call okay. just to make sure that like what you're looking for is what we offer. And then we go from there. We'll kind of map out, okay, well, if we were you, you know, this is how we would plan it. And then they have an option to schedule a one-on-one call with us, which is 40 minutes via Zoom, just because we work with people all over the U.S. But if if they don't want that one-on-one call, if they want more of a budget-friendly option, we do have a bunch of e-courses that Nicolette can explain. Yeah. (laughs) Our e-courses cover everything that we would cover in a session. We do resume, cover letter, extensive interview training, media training, wardrobe. We have a bunch of free resources as well. And we just started something called the Prep Talk Community. This is specific to aspiring pro cheerleaders, current cheerleaders, and former cheerleaders. But it's a space for people to connect. It's a one-stop shop to reach out and say, hey, I'm auditioning for this team. Is somebody on this team? I want to get connected. So it's been really great for us. But all of those other courses that we have would be relevant to anyone. The main difference between booking a consult and having a one-on-one session with us versus taking an e-course would be that Alicia and I will spoon feed you in a one-on-one session and tell you verbatim exactly what you need to be doing or what the verbiage Mm -hmm. needs to be on your paperwork. So that's a nice difference when you work one-on-one with us. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're a little bit more self-motivated, then the e-courses would probably be fine for you. But yeah, we've okay. got a variety of options. And it's kind of nice to know, you know, maybe I start with the e-course and then mm-hmm. it prompts certain questions Definitely. that I want specific answers for. So yeah. after that, you can always do a consultation, you know, or the one-on-one, sorry, afterwards yep. if you want to too, and be like, okay, this is what I learned. This is what mm-hmm. I'm not sure how to execute on quite yeah. yet. So they can do them individually or they can kind of couple totally. them together as well. If someone does the one-on-ones with you, typically 
is it just one? Is it two? Is it five? Like, I can't imagine people work with you one time and no, then that's it. No. You know? So <laughs> yeah. what does the duration of the process really look like? We give people an outline and in the consult, we like to map out what we would recommend. But there are so many times that people will book one session and I think they might be, you know, unsure and want to get a feel for us and what we have to offer and then they're hooked. Yeah. So chances are we always recommend starting with your paperwork, which would be an application resume or cover letter. And then from there, that's the foundation for all of your interview prep and the personal image and branding, what you see on the exterior, that kind of just falls into place. So usually it's about five sessions, okay. a little bit more, give or take, depending upon how far somebody makes it in the interview process or the audition process. We just want people to feel as comfortable as possible. So of course we never limit people, but usually around five if we're working one-on-one from start to finish five plus. Okay. Yeah. I know there are a lot of confident men and women out there who might be thinking well isn't this a common sense you know why would I why would I do this maybe I already know this stuff what would you kind of say to rebuttal someone that said oh I don't need to do anything like well, that I, I thought that was me I thought I was good I, to go I thought the same thing like in an interview talking about myself like I know myself I don't need to yeah. practice answering these questions but when someone does ask you, like, what are your strengths or what's your why, it's it's different. It's like I do know myself, but I don't know how to answer that. And I don't know how to make that answer really stand out to you. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, any job interview, any audition that you go for, everyone's pretty much saying the same thing. But how does what I say stand out to you that you're like, okay, well, I want Alicia yeah. on this team. I want Alicia yeah. in this position. And so that's the difference is we really hone in on the right things to say or how to market it or make it more. Um, and it's it's that non-biased opinion. Yeah. Alicia and I are external factors in this. We don't know these people in their personal lives. Usually the first time we have a Zoom session, like we've just had a consult, we've chatted briefly, we've seen their resume. So... Yeah, it's just yeah. It's it's a good way to really just strengthen those those skills. And I I think too we often forget or maybe it's overlooked that they are interviewing you. So you need to kind of think how they're thinking. Mm -hmm. You need totally. to have their thought process. So even though you know yourself and you don't have to practice answering questions about yourself, you can answer them in your sleep. You want to make sure that you're not you know, lying, but you're putting your best foot forward and you're being able to answer yeah. questions that align with the either need of that company or, you know, what that team is looking for. You want to make mm -hmm. smart answers and smart responses. Yeah. And if you haven't been in that seat yet, you don't really know what that is. So that's really like the yeah. huge advantage is having that other person just kind of like keep you in check. I totally. think that's wonderful. Like oftentimes people will come to us and have answers. We'll do a mock interview. They say, I don't want to do anything else. I just want to dive into the mock interview. I mean, Alicia, like, oh boy. <laughs> but Here we go. What happens is it's just easier because we make sure that when you're answering that interview question, you're not just giving an answer. It has intent behind it. Alicia and I have already outlined the top five things that you need to hit on in that interview. So you make sure you're making an impact with every response that you give in the interview instead of just giving them a fudgy, fluffy yeah. answer because that's not that's not making the most of your time that right. you have in the interview. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And I think I might have gotten ahead of myself and, <laughs> and, and spilled the beans on this one. I think we've already kind of dabbled into it a little bit, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I have a different answer for this. But generally speaking, there's a lot of, you know, misconceptions that are out there about being a cheerleader, being a woman, being gorgeous as you are, you know what I mean? Like there's just so many things that I think people just make up in their mind. Or maybe there's on the opposite end, that lack of a self-esteem, that innate, just zero confidence that people have. What is the one thing that you're really trying to help to mitigate most with the prep talk? Is it building the confidence? Is it breaking stigmas? A little bit of both? Yeah, I think 
for us, as much as we're getting people ready for a pro cheer audition, it's giving them skills for life. And at the end of the day, we want people to be able to go into their careers and into their education and be confident and know that you can be the whole thing. I mean, when I went to Miss America, I was blown away. We had girls who were pilots, doctors, lawyers, graduate wow. students, and they were just the most articulate, the most beautiful, the most talented. And everything that I saw there, I was like, you know what? I now doing the prep talk, I want men and women to know that you can be the total package. I'm telling you, you see beautiful women and, you know, beautiful men walking down the street. You are the whole thing. You really can be. Yeah. So I think just squashing that stigma has been so huge for us. I agree. You can be the whole thing, but it takes a lot of work to get there. And you have Absolutely. to be willing to put in that work. And we help people you find their weaknesses and find their strengths. And no one, no one wants to know that they're bad at something. No one <laughs> wants to work on something that they're not good at. Yes. Yeah. Right? And so we pull that and, and help people work on that so that they can be confident. And it does take a lot of work, but you can get there. And someone will look at you and say, wow, this person is beautiful, smart, intelligent. Like, that is the whole package. Yeah. So. Well, I appreciate that a lot. I think that I have said many times on the show that for me – I always want to be evolving. I always want to be growing. And I think that if you ever get to a point where you think you know it all, you've done it all, you don't have any more work to do, yeah. you are very sorely mistaken. So that whole mentality that you guys just talked about is is really important. And yeah. I think that it's, it's never going to hurt to keep learning, keep trying, keep keep growing. So that is fantastic. I do want to kind of get into a little helpful tips segment. And totally. I am not trying to ask you guys to spill, you know, your blood, sweat and tears of work and spill all your secrets. But I think that there's some some like general mm -hmm. or maybe top five questions that we can kind of go over yeah. that people at home might be curious about and sure. thought it would be a little fun if mm -hmm. that's okay. Yeah, okay, definitely. So when it comes to an interview, mm -hmm. do you have a go-to piece of advice that you usually offer to your clients in terms of how to nail it? Work with us. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Aside from work with yes, us, you're I love that. They're already it. working with you is the point, is the point. But yes, please, everyone, work with the prep yes. talk. Take I'm it away, Nicole. begging you, please do not just show up to the interview. Yeah. Like, please do not just walk into that interview hoping for the best. I still prep with Alicia when I have mm -hmm. job interviews. I applied for a job a year ago, and we worked together and laid everything out. So what Alicia and I do is, is we make sure that we have someone's resume and we help them come up with the top five most important things about themselves. So those are some experiences, it's strengths, and then we help them come up with a weakness. And once we've come up with all of those things, we come up with the talking points, buzzwords, different things that we think somebody who's interviewing them would want to know. And then we teach them how to apply that. So you can actually manipulate any interview question to using one of these five things. So when you go into your interview, it's like instead of having your one million life experiences, like I said before, and you're trying to pull from those, you have these top five things. And we've already nailed in all the talking points and you're confident in applying those to any question. Yes, then people say to us, well, I have a bunch of other stuff on my resume. You should be able to speak to that, but you can still draw back to those greater experiences and strengths. So you know that you're delivering content that whoever's interviewing you wants to hear. Yeah. Absolutely. This had me thinking, I haven't applied for a job in forever. I'm very happy in my full-time job, but I'm getting PTSD thinking about the interview process. But I'm curious if this is something you would still agree with or if this is sort of outdated advice. But I remember back in the day, I used to get told a lot when it comes to buzzwords, reading that job description and seeing some of the key language that they're using and repeating that back or using that in your interview when you're talking about your experience. And they used to say that was a really you know quick way to make sure you're kind of hitting the mark. Would you say that's a good tip? It can be, but also go to thesaurus.com. It's right. going to be your bestie because yeah. if they're like, oh, she just read the description and is just you know, spewing this back verbatim, it doesn't seem like you spent as much time preparing for it. Mm -hmm. And the same thing would go for a cheerleading audition. I would recommend the same thing. If there is a job description, take those buzzwords, maybe use one, plug them into thesaurus.com. 
sneaky but yeah. smart. I like <laughs> yeah. it. I like it a lot. <laughs> and the other thing that I thought about a lot was when you mentioned um, strengths and weaknesses. Mm. And how to pick a weakness that oh, is, is not going to throw yourself under the bus. I think one that gets commonly used is, oh, I just, I like to stay busy. You know, I am okay. just that person that always wants to mm -hmm. do something. And they think that that implies I'm a hard worker because I'm, you know, I'm not going to okay. be lazy. I'm going to be go, go, go. I, there's things like that where you kind of try to find a weakness that really isn't, isn't a weakness. weakness. I wish you know, more people would say that. Everyone, what you say. Everyone says they're a perfectionist, and Nicolette it makes the shuts her camera off. I, I shut like, down. I completely shut down. coming off her head. Oh, do not tell me you are a perfectionist. I can't stand it. 99 <laughs> out of 100 of our clients have told me, well, I'm a perfectionist. I just, I really need everything to be exactly what it needs to be. I'm like, girl, you're not going to. And then out you that see, there's typos else. in the resume, yeah. and you're like, mm. spare me, please spare me. <laughs> you have a good trick, but I don't know if you want to give it away. Okay, yes, I do. Have I a like good it. Trick. I do like it. So this was actually something I learned through pageantry, and kind of like what you were talking about. Like, you don't want to give a weakness that's going to scare them away. So what I always say is, you can start off with a fun weakness. So. At Miss America, I was actually asked about a weakness of mine, and I was like, "Well, when I when I drive into the city, don't ask me to parallel park because it's not going to be pretty, <laughs> and it's going to take three tries." But in all seriousness, here's my weakness, and you start off and and you build that connection mm -hmm. by giving something that's lighthearted, mm -hmm. and it shows your personality. But people struggle coming up with an actual weakness, and. One that Alicia uses that I love, and I think it's super relevant to people our ages having a hard time saying no or mm. just setting boundaries. So whether that's in your personal life or in your professional life, so you start off with the funny weakness, go into the legitimate weakness that's not going to scare them away, but wrap it up with how you're working on that weakness and how being in this position is going to help you overcome that yes. weakness. It's kind of a three-step process if you're asked that question. I like that. And because don't forget, Interviews aren't interrogations. They're, no. They are looking you up and down. They're listening to the words you say because they're assessing for corporate culture too or yes, you know, team are. culture, the right fit. How are you going to mesh mm -hmm. with everybody? So you need to show your personality too. Obviously, totally. be professional and take it seriously, but you don't have to be so stiff. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what people are missing a lot in their interviews is especially if you're applying to be a professional cheerleader, they need to fall in love with you so they know fans can fall in love with you. Mm. Yeah. So you have to showcase your goofy, funny, whatever it may right. be, witty personality. Yeah. But same thing with every other job. If the person that's interviewing you can laugh at you and get to know you or has something in common with you because of a joke that you made, then they're going to want you, regardless of what yeah. else you say, they are going to want you on their team. Absolutely. Yeah. You want to be able to, that five-year-old girl who is looking up to you, give her that hope that I can do this one Absolutely. day too. And, you know, that could be me rather than making it feel like it's this thing that's completely unattainable. You know, yeah. I mean, obviously you have to put a, hard, a lot of hard work into it mm -hmm. to get there, but you can because, you know, she reminds me of me or that's who I want to be when I grow up. You know what yeah. I mean? You want to give yeah. that too and not just little Miss Perfect or proper all the time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Sorry, that took me on a, on a like, no. little <laughs> tangent. <laughs> but I just got all hyped up asking about that. But I have a very important question. Ooh. And truly, I asked this question mainly for Hurley, my producer, because I'm okay. trying to look out for him. How, oh, no. how, <laughs> no, no, but it, it's something I need to do better about, but I'm doing it to, for you to stop putting you under so much pain. Okay. Um, how to avoid using filler words. The um that I just um, said. I, was just, I am the uh, queen of um and <laughs> The queen of it's it. It's totally okay to use filler words. I feel like especially. You hear in, that? In, really? Well, okay. <laughs> there's a time um, and place for filler words. How about that? So I. Feel as though in this setting, I've I've let myself say like a couple times, but it's because I want to be relatable and I want men and women listening to this to know that it's okay that I'm not on my A game 24-7. But there are certain settings where it's really important and there are so many people that use it excessively where it's mm -hmm. all you notice, like um, whatever their filler word of choice may be. Alicia and I always recommend 
when you've had a chance to practice, set your phone up in front of your mirror or do an audio recording, answer a question, and then once you've answered, play it back to yourself and keep a tally of how many filler words you use, and you will be mortified. Mortified. We did this with (gasps) partners, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't believe how many times I said like, even after having gone to Miss America, where they slapped me on the wrist if I use a filler word. So... It's a good way because once you listen back to yourself, first of all, most of us hate our voices. And (laughs) second of all, you hear the way you're communicating Mm -hmm. and trying to articulate yourself and you're just sitting there like, oh my gosh, this cannot continue. Mm -hmm. So you kind of beat it out of yourself. But also in an an interview setting, so I don't know if I can help you right now, but (laughs) when when you're in an interview... We say um or like when we're trying to think of something to say. Mm -hmm. So if you come to that interview prepared, like Nicolette said, with those five, these are the five topics that I'm going to talk about no matter what question they ask me. You're prepared. You know what you're going to say. So you're less likely to use that um or like. That is very true. Mm -hmm. I think that actually it's it's a perfect marriage of your two points is when I'm speaking, it's like I don't want to. I just said like again. That's but, but this but is what I do. This is the space for it. I don't want to sound scripted, right? You don't totally. want to sound exactly. so rehearsed yeah. that it's, it's unnatural. Someone barking at you, mm-hmm. or just you know what I mean. So you're you're trying to avoid that, but then at the same time, I also. I'm having guests in here every single week who I haven't met before and I'm just learning. And a lot of the times, you know, I I chat with you girls beforehand, but I'm learning along with the listeners as they are. This is in real time. I'm asking you guys real questions. And so A, I'm, questions are just coming to me on the fly, but B, I don't want to, I'm always thinking, Am I understanding this right? Am I going to ask a question that's totally out of left field? Yeah. So I always find myself that I just take that minute and I use those words where really I can just pause. I mean, this show is not live. Everybody knows. <laughs> it, like We recorded and edited. So I can always take a pause. I don't know why, but it's just that part of me that just wants to keep the momentum going. Yeah. It and feels I more need natural. To, yeah, I just need to take a beat. But that is really mm-hmm. helpful advice. I appreciate that. Time and space. Time yes. and space is everything. Yes. Yeah, that makes me feel a little bit better, to be (laughs) honest with you, really. In general, again, or maybe if you have a specific industry or or niche for this, but do you think that there is perhaps one skill set or characteristic that is often overlooked and we should spend more time on perhaps improving or highlighting? Hmm. I'm not sure that this is a skill set so much, but people don't think of their nonverbal branding going into anything. And that actually is a skill that you can develop. It's something Alicia and I work on. And nonverbal marketing and branding looks like a lot of different things. It's how you physically show up and present yourself, or maybe it's how you present yourself Uh, in your paperwork, your resume, which should serve as a marketing device for you when you can't communicate why you should get that position for yourself. So although it's not necessarily a skill, it kind of it kind of is a multifaceted skill in a sense. Yeah. Public speaking or, you know, a setting like this, a lot of people have a fear of that. Yeah. And that's sometimes when those filler words come out Mm -hmm. or when we get really apprehensive. But just like an interview or if you're doing your maid of honor speech at a wedding, Just you know, how, what advice would you give in those scenarios for people who need a little bit of a confidence boost? That's a good question. In general, I think putting yourself out there more, being a part of the Patriots organization, I learned how to walk up to strangers and have a conversation. And I normally wouldn't have done that. So just being comfortable talking to strangers, random people, holding a conversation, I think that really helps in a setting like this when we're trying to have a, you know, have a conversation. And even though we've talked a lot um, prior to this, like meeting each other for the first time and, and so forth. So I think just putting yourself in those situations normally, like when you're at a bar, when you're at a restaurant, when you're, you know, at tall ships and, you know, East Boston around a bunch of people, just being comfortable to go up to a stranger and say hi. And it's not 
you're hitting on anybody. It just, you know, having those connections and, and marketing yourself and that stuff that, you know, we should be doing. And that's how you make friends when you're in your 30s. And, Absolutely. And 30s, right? So. And it's kind of nice. You can smart. You can start small and work your way up to it. So when you get to that mm-hmm. presentation you have to make or that interview sure. or whatever it may be, it's not as intimidating for you because you've done it so many times or it just feels like you're talking to a friend and it's no big mm-hmm. deal, yeah. you know? Definitely. You've also talked a lot about paperwork. Um, yeah. Cover letters. Mm-hmm. I don't remember them being super important in the past. Yeah. I think the verdict's out 50-50. Sometimes it's important, sometimes it's yeah. not. Where do you guys stand on cover letters? Totally situationally based. Okay. In the professional world, I don't feel as strongly about submitting a cover letter unless it is required, of course. I always feel like your resume is so factual. Cover letter is more of an opportunity to show your personality and explain yourself and get a little bit more personal. So you might be able to connect with someone a little bit better. And that's why we always recommend it for pro cheerleading because especially these past couple of years, they've gone completely virtual with their submission. And so they're not even meeting you the first round of the audition or the interview. So you need every single thing Mm. that you can to really just market yourself so they can learn as much about you right away. That's a good point. You don't even know, are they skimming through these? Mm. How many applicants are there, totally. right? So if it's stale, just mm. throw it in that pile <laughs> onto the next one. It's got to be good. Like, yeah. It's got to be a home run. It can't, okay. it can't be boring or too long. So no. do you think that not having one would hurt you? Is there ever, or vice versa, is there ever an opportunity or situation where you go the extra mile to do the cover letter anyway and then it works against you? I don't. Think I don't so. Think it would I, work I think it could you. only help you. Okay. Yeah. Because if they don't want to look at it, they won't. And if they do, <laughs> just toss it. But right. if they do, it's what's going through their mind is, wow, this person came really prepared and really wants this job. And then you have, a, like Nicolette said, you have an opportunity to tell a really cool story. Yeah. It's that extra attention to detail yes. and initiative that it I is. think people appreciate. Whether they read every single word or not. Or my opening sentence. So your opening <laughs> sentence better be a good yes. one. <laughs> yes. Lastly, I want to know what you ladies think about navigating conversations around promotions, a salary increase, or negotiating <laughs> your salary. Oh, I, just, I think I've just our, been going through this. our last like 30 days worth of conversations have <laughs> all been, about been all about this. Yeah, it's especially being a woman. I read a book once that said men are more likely to get higher leadership positions or better salaries because they advocate for themselves even when they – if there's five things on the list and they only have like one or two, they'll say, oh, I'm good enough. And women, we are saying, no, we need all five before we go and advocate for ourselves. Yeah. So we recently been having these conversations yeah. about, you know, stepping up and just having those tough having those tough conversations. Wow. And okay. I um, it's funny. I talk a lot with my sister about this and, and her she's in a male dominant field where she works and a good piece of advice that she gave me and my brother-in-law and my husband have given both um, Nicolette and I is that when you're having those conversations, when you're talking to your boss, don't say you, 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 like don't blame it on that person. Uh, Maybe blame it on the organization. Or if you're going to complain about something, complain about it, but also uh, bring a solution to the table. So it's not like you're just coming and complaining about X, Y, and Z or saying, here's what, you know, here's my problem, but this is a solution that I have. So Mm -hmm. it's also showing leadership in that interview as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting that we talk about it in our professional setting, because I think within our business, Mm -hmm. it's even something we've struggled with so bad. Like, what are we going to charge for our e-courses? What do we charge for one class? What do we charge for a one-on-one session? Because we have so much experience and we we need a price that reflects that. Absolutely. And, you and then you feel worth. guilty mm-hmm. for wanting people to pay for you, all of your experience. And, and what I say to people, you know, if you're setting your own rate, people aren't paying for Alicia and Nicolette in that very moment. People are paying for Alicia and Nicolette and the 
23 years of experience they've had in the cheerleading world professionally in pageantry. So that's something I would encourage people when you have a business and you're setting your own rates. You know, people are not paying for just your service at that time. It's all of the training and experience that you've had going into it, which is something Alicia and I are still you know, working on together too. And also you tell me if if I'm wrong, but a lot of companies do six months and annual reviews per se, or, you know, maybe have one-on-ones with your boss. It doesn't need to be you wait until you're about to explode and you can't take it there anymore before you start having these conversations. You can address them early Mm -hmm. and kind of like what you were saying about bringing solutions, mm-hmm. I think avoiding the, well, I've been here for a year, so it's time. Yeah. It's here's what I've done, X, Y, and Z. Yes. Here are the results I produced or these things I've taken on that were outside of my original job description. So look at how I've I've grown this position and bringing the proof so there's nothing to negate. Yes. Yeah. And what comes with that is confidence. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you have the confidence within yourself to bring those facts and say, hey, it's all on the table, like this is what I deserve or, you know, this is what I've done to deserve X, Y, and Z. I love it. Yeah. We talked about a ton of different things today and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of great information. If there was one thing and one thing only that listeners took away from what we've talked about, Mm -hmm. what would you want that one thing to be? I would say every no is leading you to your yes. And Alicia and I had so many no's before we had our yes that has led us here and has led us to so many great experiences. So don't get deterred when you have that first job interview or you submit that first application or you've, you know, you haven't been out looking for jobs in 10 years and this is your first time. Just keep working at it. You're going to get more comfortable with it. And every single no is just leading you closer to your yes. I always believe that. I love that. I agree. I agree with that. That yeah. was a great answer. <laughs> She's like, I have nothing and to add. I'm not going to top that. <laughs> Ending on a good note. Perfect way to end it. Well, thank you both so much for coming. I had such a blast. Before I officially let you go, I just want to go over socials and mm-hmm. where they can find you. So on Instagram, it's at the prep talk. Is there any underscore? I there's think an there's underscore. Underscore at the end. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And then do you want to share your personal Instagrams as well? Yeah. Yeah, why not? All right. Mine, (laughs) I made it in college. Don't. It's Ali, A-L-E-E, the G. Ali, the G. Yeah, I I had like this rapper stage once. I thought I was, yeah. Oh! So I thought I was a G. But yeah, Ali, the G, that's that's my Instagram. Now you can't. You just have to run with it. Yeah, I'm never going to. Yeah. You can't. (laughs) At 30, she's still a G. Yeah. Yeah. I am, oh my gosh, I'm sorry that I have to spell this, at Nicolette Gianna underscore N-I-C-O-L-E-T-T-E-G-I-A-N-N-A underscore. And if you've listened to how I just spelled my first name and my middle name, you're probably still listening, so follow us on TikTok at the prep talk underscore too. Perfect, perfect. And one more thing, sorry to interrupt you, that I will say, if you do go on the prep talk underscore Instagram, it is Mark, our Instagram is marketed towards aspiring professional cheerleaders and dancers. However, like we talked about in this episode, we work with people, you know, trying to get a corporate job or trying to get an internship with school. So we just market it a little more towards the professional. Yeah, I mean, that's where that's your bread and butter. It's where it all got started. So you never want to lose sight of Mm -hmm. that. You got to win one market first. Yeah, (laughs) if they've they've listened to this, they already know that. So Mm -hmm. I don't think they would (laughs) run for the hills once they got there. And I know that your Instagram also has your link tree in it with a bunch of different links to other things. But the website, too, while we're here, let's let's tell them it's just um, the prep talk.com. Yes, okay. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next week. Bye.